welcome to the Conspiracy Theory Roundtable, a dimension where divergent voices decipher the uncharted. Here, controversy meets convention under the guidance of our unseen compass. A cryptic dance of theories and truths ensues. Your journey into the unknown starts now with Conspiracy Theory Roundtable. Hey guys, this is the Paranoid American Podcast, and today we have got a Adrenochrome Roundtable that we're going to be doing with uh, an eclectic little group here. So we got, uh, I'll let everyone introduce themselves to and do little plugs up from, but we got Mystery Mike from the Hush Hush Society, we've got the New York Patriot, and we have Deplorable Janet. So uh, thank everybody for being here to talk about a really strange thing, right? Yes, yes. Thank you for having us. Yes, for real. Thank you. So I wanted us to start with you, Mike. Uh, just quick intro about what the Hush Hush Society is, where to find you, et cetera. Yeah, sure. Uh, Mystery Mike, Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. We're a podcast that dives into conspiracies, uh, cryptids, cults, true crime, mysteries, fringe science. You name it. If it's weird, we like it and we dive into it. Um HushHushSociety.com. Very easy. You can find all our shit on there. Yeah, I love the lighting scheme, man. Uh, you've inspired me to to, to take a, like a like a darker tone, so I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the air of mystery that I have. And <laughs> and speaking of the dope lighting schemes, we got New York Patriot from Occult Rejects oh, with yeah. the bump the blunt burning. Yeah, so they got the blue light behind me. Blue light special. Yeah. Where, <laughs> so where can people find you? What are you about? uh my my show Two words is, or less yeah <laughs> my show it's normally um the ny patriot show i have that could be conspiracies paranormal true crime and then i have the occult rejects that is more strictly just to occultism so i have those two shows which you can both find on uh bitchute rumble youtube and all major podcasts thank and you. then finally we've got the lovely deplorable janet thank you for being here and uh yeah what are you about where can people find you you can find Deplorable Nation um, on every podcast platform, and the show has evolved. It used to be like a political show per se, but now I spend a lot of my time exposing the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, um, personal health journeys, um, holistic treatments, things of that nature. Uh, so, yeah. Look that up on on any podcast platform where you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Awesome. And thank you guys for being here. And just a really quick shout out. This uh, episode is sponsored by Pfizer. And we're going to have links <laughs> to the, the mail-in vaccination kits down in the links below. So We're going to be doing live jabs at the end. That's, that's correct. Yeah. And actually, I... I I didn't want to tell you guys this, but if you all look under your chairs, there's actually going to be a vaccination kit. <laughs> so I think it would be cool to wrap this episode up and we just, no, but I, I do have one special treat. I've got my little Bohemian Grove uh, glass here full of adrenochrome that I'll just nice. be sipping on throughout this episode. <laughs> Paranoid American is actually 80 years old, but he looks so young. <laughs> it's all in the beard. The age is in the beard, not in the face. Right? So, so I, I want to just kick this wow. off, and uh, I I probably we're gonna air this episode before my documentary comes out. I got like a li really short one that's on a very specific um, take at Adrenochrome, and it's really like a medical and historical look. 
and it doesn't get too much into the woo-woo and the uh, the rumors and the conspiracies. So that's kind of what I, what I want to sink my teeth into today with you guys. And this being a roundtable, I figure that all four of us might have our own perspectives on what adrenochrome is, why does anyone care about it, uh, whether you believe that it's a real thing or whether it's not, or if it's just like some random chemical in the body. So I figure that like we could just do a quick little uh, starting point so I can figure out where everyone's bearings are at, like maybe take like two to three to five minutes, whatever you want, and just explain, you know, how you've heard about adrenochrome, what you think about it in general. Does that sound pretty, pretty good? And we can start. So I'm, I'm going to go in the opposite direction this time and let uh, Janet take the floor. And you're not on like a, a timer or anything, so... <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> I am approaching this from a very different background because I came from the medical community. I taught medical school, so uh, very familiar with adrenochrome. Uh, it is from adrenaline, a.k.a. epinephrine, from your adrenal gland that sits on top of your kidneys, and that is your fight-or-flight hormone, uh, what people commonly refer to as that, but when it hits the oxidation process in the body, it turns into adrenochrome, um, which is used in not only medical procedures, like uh, because it fluoresces purple when it hits the oxidative process, it fluoresces purple. And so it has a lot of use in imaging technology like MRIs, CT scans, things of that nature. And it is also found in a lot of medications that people commonly take uh, day to day. And so a lot of those have to do with uh, antipsychotic medications, uh, antidepressants, uh, ACE inhibitors. There's a three different classifications of ACE inhibitors, which are typically given for blood pressure. And so uh, it's in a certain class of the ACE inhibitor that is given. It's in Alzheimer's medications and epinephrine pens or EpiPens that people take on a regular basis. So the, and steroids. Did you say Alzheimer's medication? I did. Because mm -hmm. hasn't Biden's mentioned that a few times, that Alzheimer's is going to be a problem down the road. Mm -hmm. just feeding everybody. Well, he he was going to come up with uh, treatments for that, right? <laughs> Could you imagine what he'd look like without the daily adrenochrome treatments? Well, I mean, which this, version? I don't which believe version of Biden? Like any of them. I mean, <laughs> any of them, really. Any of the, the later models, I'd say. Well, you know what? You know what's funny? I have actually said this before, and this is actually really silly and out there, but it's like you never know. As I said, how do you know these people now? Maybe adrenochrome comes into play. If you're not aging, people are going to start questioning. Mm -hmm. So maybe some of those masks are actually just masks to make the person look more fucked up. <laughs> they're, they're actually got it's the anti filter. The guy looks like he's 40, but he's 78. We got to make him look old. <laughs> so, hey, I'm you're... a case in point, but I don't take adrenochrome. I don't look my age at all. Patriot, uh, New York Patriot, you're next up, man. I want to hear, like, what's your entry point here? Um, actually a lot more of where Janet's coming from, which I thought was awesome. As soon as I heard her say that, I thought that was great. Um, yeah, I, from my own experiences and just from things in occultism, I'm, 
I do think like a, maybe the idea of adrenochrome has like kind of like run wild. So like I actually kind of purposely picked this to make, you know, just going to be keep it. I'm just going to keep it real. I have to share this episode. So if there's four people talking nonsense on here, I'm not going to want to share it. So I joined this one to make sure there was at least one sound voice. Because honestly, I don't know anybody's opinion here of adrenochrome. Well, now I know Thomas is because he sent it to me yesterday. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> and now I heard Jenny, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, this isn't turn into a Q party. Um, I do think there's a lot of actual science. I do think there's something up with the blood. I do think there's energy in the blood. I think that gets used from magic. Um, maybe later on in the show, I can explain like experiences that I had with magic and even something that, that, that Janet had just said recently. I was just like, oh, you know, the, I've had experiences where I do th and I had issues with blood. So I, I do think it has to do with fucking around with magic, too, possibly. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, and I'm taking some notes that I'll revisit some of these key points you guys are bringing up. And then uh, Mystery Mike, what's... How much adrenochrome have you taken today, man? Just be honest uh, you with know, us. Not enough. I'm aging way too quickly. Uh, <laughs> What's that adrenochrome uh, blood level right now? Uh, it's probably probably like two percent, two percent. Just 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 like a, a milky milky adrenochrome. Um, <laughs> with with me, I'm I'm kind of like uh, I'm kind of half and half on it. I don't personally think that there's um, maybe Hollywood elites out there draining babies of their blood for adrenochrome. Um, I do think that maybe like NY had said, it's kind of, it's kind of been blown up over the years and, uh, especially within recent years, uh, through different conspiracies. And I've noticed obviously within the conspiracy world, a lot of people do reaching, uh, to the past, you know, um, uh, flat earth, you know, looking back at something like that, they'll pull stuff up from the 1800s or, you know, uh, with the adrenochrome, it's kind of something that was s more relevant in the past. Um, and I think that was that a lot of that information was pulled forward into the current conspiracies when you start talking about adrenochrome and how to gets into elites and and like i said like hollywood so um but there is a lot of uh you know um there's a lot of maybe you know points to it if you're looking at certain movies or certain uh films that maybe kind of point it out so it is a thing uh, i just don't know if you know, they're stealing babies by the thousands and draining them in a line like chickens. I've got a crazy alarm going off. Oh, wait, it just that's crazy. It just went off right as I said it. Uh, it's, uh, it's, they, the, it's this episode, man. <laughs> I don't have the tinfoil shield up right now. Yeah. Um. So, OK, so we've got a nice spectrum here and I'll give my opinion on it, too, but uh, Janet is interesting. We've got, a, uh, I think, a very nice spectrum because Janet's coming at it from a medical perspective. And I'm going to have a bunch of questions for you, Janet, because I like that uh, more methodical and like clinical approach of like, here's what it actually is and here's what it's used for. Uh, Patriot, I like the blood magic angle. So we're going to go into some blood magic aspects of this. And then, uh, Mike, I think the Hollywood angle and like why people believe it, why people don't believe it, why that particular link is the one that you know takes up the most sort of traction especially in like the whole q world i guess and then 
my opinion uh, or my approach on Adrenochrome is that I started writing a comic book about it that was just going to be a silly comic about a bunch of teenagers that order Adrenochrome on the dark web and they actually get it. And when I got to the page where I was like, okay, here's where they do it. I was like, do you smoke it? Do you inject it? Do you take it sublingually? Do you make brownies? Like how exactly would you act? You know, if I were to practically do it, and I realized a lot of the conspiracy theories, it was just like you just obtain it and it almost sounded like you get a little vial of it. But then, you know, what do you take a shot of it? Do you mix it with a nice little thing? So I started actually looking into if I wanted to take this, how could I, you know, theoretically? And there was a book written by someone on Amazon uh, named Hidalgo in like 20 or 2006 or something. But the dude was like also on heroin and LSD and cocaine. Like he was on like every drug. So then when he described what the effects of adrenochrome were, it was, you know, questionable. So I kept going back and back. And eventually, long story short, I kind of proved what everything would say was a rumor. So if you go and even type into like the AI programs and ask it, what is adrenochrome? Or specifically, does adrenochrome have psychedelic properties? And they'll all just be like, oh, no, that's a rumor that's been discredited. But if but if you actually try to look for anything that's discredited that, it doesn't really exist. The only thing that really exists are true accounts. And uh, Janet was mentioning before, even EpiPens. Well, what happens is that if an EpiPen sits on the shelf for too long, it starts to degrade and it turns into what you call pink adrenaline. And mm -hmm. right at the end of uh, World War II, they noticed that all this like backstock of epinephrine and adrenaline they would start giving it to people and those people consistently would report mescaline like sounding things but mescaline also wasn't very big because we're talking 40s 50s right so and this is before the psychedelic revolution so anyways this starts tying into like actual freemasonry um actual mk ultra actual mind control programming sort of programs and the more and more I, I looked into it, the more and more it sounded like, you know, all the conspiracy theories about it were almost true up until you get to what Mike was talking about. And that's where, like, is Hollywood actually throwing these crazy parties and trying to harvest beer and whatnot? And I, I think that I might even be on the fence on that one, man, because I under, I can see the lineage between the fiction and where it started. And if I had to point one finger to one person, it will probably be Hunter S. Thompson and his um his you know his book series because that's the first time that it was like directly linked to kids and satanism and being like the most powerful psychedelic man's ever known it was known as a psychedelic but it definitely wasn't as strong as mescaline and lsd and things it was compared with so anyways that that was my approach i came in trying to disprove it this is a silly QAnon thing it's a funny meme i'm a huge fan of the i've got the sh the adrenochrome shirt shout out <laughs> bohemian grove um but I mean, yeah, that's it's it's way more real now, I think, than when I went in. When I went in, it was like this will be something stupid, it'll be an article, and now it's kind of consumed a lot of my research. So can I just say something about that? Oh, a couple things. So means of uh transportation per se for that go back, there are literally thousands upon thousands of scientific studies involving the use of adrenochrome um, or its derivatives, which it's known by five different names, chemical names. Um, and so you have uh, gel, like a hydrogel, 
you have nanoparticle technology, you have um, injectable, you have uh, liquid that you can take, you have pill form, it, literally anything that you want as far as that goes. They did start studying this in the 1940s. That's the earliest research um, that you can find as far as a published uh, scientific paper uh, on that goes. But, um, sorry, something weird popped up. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, it's a, it is known as a uh, psychomimetic drug. Uh, it has psychomimetic properties, which means that uh, people are prone to delusions, hallucinations, um, <clears throat> all kinds of uh, psychotic type episodes, depending on uh, the amount that you are given or the amount that's produced. Like people that have uh, adrenal gland tumors that, that overproduce. Um, they can have very, very psychotic episodes as well as, and think about this, all the people that have asthma, that use asthma inhalers and stuff, uh, they have epinephrine, which adrenochrome type um, derivatives in those. And those people also a lot of times have problems with uh, psychiatric disorders. So I found that to be very highly interesting. I'm, um, I'm curious too, if you ever heard anything about Andrew Luton, cause I've, I saw one medical paper that said that scientists that were researching with Andrew Luton, which is a greeny gold relative of adrenochrome, mm -hmm. that it had effects that lasted for over two weeks. Yes. And that they they couldn't they couldn't do any uh, studies on it because you can't be stoned for two weeks and then have, you know, like your scientific findings be recognized. Right. That's that's the one study that they they checked like two, four, six, 24 and then five hours after ingestion. And they kept like increasing dosages and, and things of that nature. And that's why I said like in almost every study that you will read. It's about the psychomimetic properties or uh, the amount of damage that it causes to myocardial, which is heart tissue. I want to um, I want to ask Patriot, and we're going to open this up for more of just like a free for all in a second. But I but I think Patriot, um, starting with blood magic, is almost like the chronological starting point for all this because before people even knew adrenaline existed. They knew blood existed like you didn't even need a doctor everybody knew blood existed and everybody uh it seemed gave kind of mythical properties to blood as this you know as the literal lifeblood but uh i'm not as familiar with you know the occult aspects of blood magic and i'm really curious do you know like is it is it the blood itself that becomes magic or is it that the use of blood makes the magic more magic like is blood magical without the magic? You don't you know what I'm getting at? I'm just curious what your uh, your ideas are on this. Well, I think I mean almost kind of like how even adrenochrome like even works. You know how it like tends to like bind stuff together? Uh all right, there's there's a, a version of it called carbazochrome or something like that. And mm -hmm. it, it's it's a derivative of it and it is used for like uh, stopping yeah. bleeding. And sometimes they even have you shoot it into the your fucking eyeball too for certain other things. 
but like it, it kind of does like bind stuff together. I, I, I do like think that from my experience with magic, uh, when I ended up being like very like just the side effects after what I had happened, you know, with the, the ritual and all like the, the meditations and everything, um, I just physically felt like there was actually something seriously wrong with me. My head felt like it was going to pop. My legs were shaking. I literally felt like I had like electricity going up and down my legs, like static electricity. It was like really like a weird, scary experience. I didn't know what was going on. And like, I couldn't even comprehend like what I just experienced, let alone trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong with my body now, because like, I don't feel right. I can't fucking just, my sight isn't the same. I ended up putting myself into the hospital because I was like, yo, there's something wrong with me. And it's been like three days now. Like it was actually like nerve wracking. Can I ask, did this involve in everything? Did this involve any bloodletting or blood drinking or anything? Unfortunately, this is my opinion. I don't think people's idea of blood magic from my experience is even Mm -hmm. correct. I didn't have to cut anything. It's the use of the energy in my blood. If I burn it up, I have a fucking issue. That's all it is. That's interesting to me because I, I personally have always assumed that if you say blood magic, it means like you're, you're leaving a stain somewhere. But that, well, like, that's not the case. Well, eventually, once I was like, again, there was no it was, basically it was more of me meditating and doing certain types of meditation. There was times that I before I ended up going to the hospital, I didn't do a ritual. I was just meditating in a chair. I, so like cutting myself like wasn't even on the table. There was no blood from anything, me, anywhere, my cat. I didn't have a raw cheeseburger on the fucking altar, nothing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? There was no blood. Uh, I ended up going to the hospital. I'm there. For, I think I was there for three days as well. But when I first got there, they couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong with me. They actually gave me like a, that brain fucking MRI, whatever that is. Had to go sit in that machine for a half hour. Did They, they did my brain. They did my spine. Uh, eventually, they're like, all right, we think the pain in your head must be like some sort of bullshit migraine. And I'm like, I've never had a migraine before. So like... All right, whatever. And I just did they say it was a cluster. Something like that. It was this type of cluster headache. Yep. And I was like, all right, okay. And uh, I, I did tell one of the doctors. I was like, listen, I'm just gonna let you know right now. I said, I, I, I fuck with magic. I said, and I was like, I don't know, like, if this has anything to do with it. I said, but I really like don't know what the fuck's wrong. And I sort of like, you know, really going into like, I was even telling her like, my eyesight's fucked up. And I was like, my, and I had to like get them to look at it. I had one of my pupil, this is where Janet caught me. One of them was four millimeters bigger than the other. So technically, my pupils were both in fight and flight mode. They were unyoked. Your eyes are yoked. When one pupil changes, the other one's supposed to. Mine changed. They were unyoked, like the infinity symbol, like the magician has over his head. If that wasn't in an eight and it was going like that, that would not be yoked. They'd be going together. You twist it like that, and now you got two different things going the opposite way. They're unyoked. And I got to ask you this, too, before I, I get onto the mic. When you said that you think it was magic-related, did the demeanor of the nurse or anyone you were talking to change after that? No, not her. But that, I mean, she had, like, I can't remember what it was, but she had some sort of tattoo that, like, made me think she was, like, 
know, into like moon stuff or something like that. You so guys thought, did a secret handshake on the way in. I got it. <laughs> no, I, I went to the eye doctor and told her the whole story. And, and she was like, yo, she's like, if you can get like any paperwork from like the hospital, like the exact numbers. She's like, I even want to see the stuff with your blood. You're like, she was actually intrigued. She's like, I'm not like into this. She's like, but I do believe there's just stuff out there that people don't know. We don't see. And she's like, this is really interesting because I even showed her my tattoo. And I was asking her that I really thought that I ended up somehow looking back inside of my brain. I was not looking into this world. I said, I really do think I went back inside my head in some weird fucking way. And she's like, well, that's impossible because this is how your line of sight works. And I was like, yeah, like my tattoo. Have you she, seen these pupils? <laughs> no, but like, but like she was like, this is really interesting. But all right. What I wanted to get to is that eventually they tested my blood. And like, I think an average, I, I don't know the exact test name, but the average would be like anywhere from 14 to 16. It has something to do with like the thick or thinness of your blood. Mine was at a 19.6. And I have never once had this problem before. And they were like, yo, your blood is like syrup. So they had to give me a bag of blood and a bag of saline. And literally, probably hours after that, I was like, okay, I could go home. And I waited another day for them to let me go home. And did the confusion and stuff go away? All the other symptoms you were you know having? What's funny, and this is where I tell people I think that doing shadow work is real important if you're going to fuck with magic. Because only during the times I started to try to comprehend what happened and I started getting a little fearful, I would feel like this creeping with inside my body that like almost started bringing it back. But when I got out of the mind frame, it was totally gone. But when I started having fear of the experience, it felt like something was like tearing me up inside. It's really weird. So that's I'm, why I'm, I'm always, like, you can't, you got to be able to make sure you're not going to come back with a fuck ton of fear. Or I think you might feel a lot of physical discomfort when you fuck with magic. That's an uh, interesting perspective. I'm glad we got you on here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you something else on that. And then... Mike, before we even talk about Hollywood, I want to know why do you care about adrenochrome out of all the topics in the world and all the conspiracies and all the, you know, you had to come into this one. So I, you know, I get a lot of, I get a lot of flack from the conspiracy realm because I'm part of it, but I'm also like, you know, everybody will call me on shit and say, well, you're, you're not really into it. If you're not believing all this, I think it's kind of a, um, in for a penny in for a pound type of thing um where if you don't believe 100 percent of everything conspiracy related then you're not real um and i think that's one of those things where you look at it and you go well like maybe 75 percent believe in this well you know and then you, you you get stuff for it but i think that that's one of that i think adrenochrome is one of those things where i'm like I said before, I'm kind of on the fence about it, and I don't know if it's the full conspiracy, the full realm of it. Um, I like the idea that, you know, like NY was saying, that the blood is kind of like a conduit for something else. Um, you know, and I, I, like you, thought of blood magic as like literal like blood, you know, using blood, but, you know, it would make more sense keeping that life force inside of someone and using that as an energy source in itself 
So that that's a that's an interesting part to it. But um, I don't know that Adrenochrome is important to me <laughs> in all in all realms. Um, but as far as the conspiracy part of it is, um, a lot of conspiracies lead back to the draining of babies and and the the kidnapping of children. Not that that's not happening. Not that there aren't children being taken and, and kidnapped and whatever else, but um, I think the thought process of there being, you know, tons and tons of babies being taken and scared to death and, and being drained and the elites are taking that like, you know, shots of vodka or something. I, I don't I don't know that I can dive into that, really. Not even Ivy. IV, you know, may, maybe, who knows? But I, I, again, you know, are they setting up, you know, entire clinics in the basements of pizza parlors? I don't know. Maybe, could be. <laughs> well, so I actually want to open up the table a little bit and just ask: Does anyone actually believe that there are elites that are having literal blood, like you know, blood is being spilt, children are present, they show up alive, you know, they don't go home alive, uh, like. How how much of that do you think? Do you think anyone's ever even done it one time, uh, even yes. just from all the hype? Yes. So so we can all could everyone in, in the round table agree that at least one person in the last hundred years has probably done something that you know would fit right into the adrenochrome conspiracy theory. I mean, you could even put it this way. I guarantee you, since this idea has even come up, unfortunately, it's probably been done because of that idea. Right. We uh, this might even be video evidence cited in a future crime. We have no idea for oh, oh. someone that, that says they saw this and then uh J Janet, you were uh you didn't throw in your two cents and I'm curious like how far does the extreme version of this go? Okay, for me, do I think that uh theft of blood from people happens? Yes. But do I think with all the medical research that I've read and stuff that it has anything to do with adrenochrome. No, because adrenaline, AKA adrenochrome can be so ungodly dangerous to your heart tissue, your lung tissue, your brain, because, um, and this goes to kind of what, uh, NY was talking about earlier. Um, it, has been used in studies to stop bleeding. So it's given to people for anti-hemorrhagic properties. Um, they use it for certain, certain viruses to stop hemorrhaging. They give it to females with menstrual irregularities and stuff. And to your point, when you were talking about your vision and how it was like your vision wasn't yoked, it's because adrenochrome actually works on the neurotransmitters in your brain. And so if it is shutting down one neurotransmitter, but not the other one, your vision's not going to be the same. And it's also a vaso vasoconstrictor. <clears throat> so headaches can come from that. Um, it, it is one of the major causes and studies of sudden cardiac death is because of adrenochrome because it speeds up everything in your body. So do I think uh, taking blood happens? Yes, but I don't think they're after the adrenochrome. I think they're actually after um, 
like the young red blood cells. That's what I think they're doing, not adrenochrome. So like the uh, uh, like the force and that's like creams. that's proven by like by tech in Silicon <laughs> Valley. You know that we're talking about doing that, and and people do go get you know blood drained, so bloodletting done, and then you know new bags of of uh, blood packed cells and stuff. So yeah, that's what I think it is. I think if anything, um, when you, you mentioned something about like these rich elite people. I think you probably have a better chance of them actually probably getting just bags of blood from the Red Cross mm-hmm. than actually be doing crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there has yeah. been a guy that David Icke even pointed out that would actually fly with like a few bags of blood on him. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't deny it. And you can actually buy. Why? Why are you doing that? But like, again, like if it does something to do with the blood, what if mm-hmm. you're like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to put myself into a magical meditation. I don't want to have to deal with fucking society. You can literally rig that shit up and just give yourself blood after the fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I and, mean, and I, I think that's what they're after. I, I think they're after the, the erythropoietin, which is the young red blood cells. And so that is very regenerative and stuff and doesn't have any of the, the toxicity that, that adult blood has. And so I think that's more of a thing. But, you know, you can actually buy adrenochrome online you can purchase that if you want to do studies of your own or whatever it's out there i have tried although you need the credentials that say that you're doing it in an actual laboratory and Mm -hmm. when i try to set up like a little llc that they they didn't agree that that was the right credentials so (laughs) it's not as simple as i've and i've tried i've tried ordering it from china i've tried ordering it from mexico a few places in the states that anyone's got the adrenochrome connect let me know in the comments. <laughs> and, or, and the, or you can buy it in one of the other five scientific names that it's labeled under. Well, So you might be able to clear this up because I do have a question on this. I haven't found a clear answer. In some of the original research papers, they the I think it was Abram Hoffer and, and John Smithies, and they mentioned that their first batch of adrenochrome was extremely potent and it had all these effects that were you know very pronounced and easily recreatable. But then when they tried to tell other scientists about it and those guys try to make some, they said, no, no, you guys, you know, placebo effect. But Smithies and Hoffer basically said that those guys were just uh, their egos were too big to realize they didn't know how to synthesize it properly. Mm-hmm. And that there is a sort of a shelf stable version, which I understand to be the the semi carbazone, which NY Patriot was talking about. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like the salted version, but that the like the liquid version, as it actually turns from adrenaline into adrenochrome in its aqueous form, that mm-hmm. is the most potent it can ever be. And the longer it's in that form or changed, it just continues to degrade to the point where if you were to order a powder from China or Mexico and it goes through the mail and everything, at that point, you're almost getting like an inert version of semi-carbazone. And not the true. I guess I'm putting quotes like "true pure adrenochrome." Mm-hmm. Is is that accurate? How much do I have correct on that? Well, well, you're correct because as soon as it hits oxygen, it starts to stabilize or, or turn into the actual adrenochrome, and so the longer the longer that it sets or if it comes in contact with other substances like catecholamines that are produced in your body, it actually has a very, very dark color, um, like 
like, do you guys have kids? Like the first baby poop stool. Oh yeah. It's the, like the, this the dark <laughs> greenish, blackish, whatever. That's, that's what it turns into when it hits catecholamines because it turns um, the process of it, like breaks down that purple color and changes it, changes it into more of a melanin. And so um, depending on what substance that comes in contact, whether it's moisture or, or whatever, there is breakdown of that. Absolutely. And um, Mike, you were starting to say something before. I just wanted to make sure we didn't lose it. Oh, I, I, it's <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so I, I wanted to tag on to that that um that black melanin pigment aspect too, because one of the other things that popped up in research is that there's a condition called black cornea, and for a while they were prescribing people adrenaline drops, and you would just drop adrenaline right into your mm -hmm. eye for right. a series of issues. And that adrenaline would degrade just like it where anywhere else in the body into adrenochrome. And then the adrenochrome degrades into melanin. And for mm -hmm. some people, that melanin actually just sits there on the surface of their eye. And the way that you get it removed is they just kind of go in and scrape it off, you know, for mm -hmm. uh, lack of, you know, whatever the medical term is. But it's not like they laser it off or use like a, a fluid. They just kind of like scrape it off. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. They call that black cornea because then there's getting into the mythology and the woo-woo of all this. Uh, Janet, you were talking about you probably just want blood and you don't care about adrenochrome, but that's if your your aim is the fountain of youth and right. just being able to live forever. So that's right. only one of the many, many that's things what the that tech adrenochrome represents. Doing. Yeah, right. that's and, what and the for, tech company's going for. <laughs> and for that, you don't necessarily need adrenochrome. But then there's also, I want to say, like the spirit cooking aspect of it. And I guess this is leaning more towards into like maybe the blood magic aspect. But I would also argue like the artsy fartsy world aspect. Like I went to this blood magic thing. So that means I'm more cultured than my boring, you know, counterparts and in whatever industry or political, whatever I'm in. So, I mean, there's obviously lots of theatrics, right? Like those things are, are not done in a private room and then not spoken of they've got cameras there. You can, you can go on Getty images. There was like a press conference at these spirit cooking places. Right. So they're obviously doing it a little bit for the show. So, I mean, do you think that Hollywood is like leaning into the adrenochrome stuff? Do you think that like news and like our tongue in cheek leaning into it? Or do you think that this is something that's coming from just like pop culture and, conspiracy theorists and that's what's kind of driving it i think a open large, question yeah i think a large part of it comes from popular culture uh especially maybe even lore and myth so if you look at the not even uh, strictly adrenochrome let's just look at blood in general um if you look at the history and lore behind blood vampires uh dracula elizabeth bathory the uh you know the 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 power of blood throughout history and throughout our our spoken history um, is is the most powerful thing ever. And then you look at some of the earliest movies; they were about Dracula. And what sells is the idea of this everlasting life and the the this creature that lives off of that blood and can live forever and stay young forever and is alluring i mean how many people have you met that talk about 
you know, you could talk about a Dracula movie. You could talk about a vampire movie and they'd be like, oh, it'd be so cool to live forever. It'd be so cool to be a vampire because that whole part of it is alluring. So you take that myth and you bring it into what you consider to be this conspiracy and you say, yeah, of course, the elites, the rich, they want this. They want adrenochrome. They want blood so that they can stay young forever. It's, it's that attachment to it. It's that attachment to the myth that this consumption of blood or this consumption of adrenochrome is going to make you live forever. It's going to extend your life and you're going to be able to do these fantastical things. Um, I think that plays a lot of part into the entire part of this. And then, of course, you know, you have the actual medical parts of it. You have the actual the actual chemical, uh, you know, makeup of these things and what they're able to do. And you put those two together and you have, you know, what, one, one of the biggest uh, conspiracies to exist within the next, within the last 10 years. I like what um, New York Patriot was saying before that that adrenochrome medically binds things together. Because in my mind, metaphorically, it's it binds almost every conspiracy theory together. Just like I mentioned in my like my baseline here, right? I went into it writing a comic book. I wasn't I, I didn't have any agenda on the table. I just actually wanted to know if like a sixteen year old got their hands on adrenochrome and took a substantial dose. How would they do it? What would happen? Like what would be the effects be? And like. As soon as I started doing the research, the, the comic book idea flew out the window because I was more interested on like what was actually happening with all of it. Um, but my my understanding of it is that there might actually be true fountain of youth aspect to it, and there might actually be some something that binds not just the mythology and the reality, but this this has become a symbol of like child kidnapping through project monarch and you know the franklin scandal and johnny gosh and all that because that's where they kind of get their their source of it that's the conspiracy theory aspect and the finders right that's kind of the ones that get brought up a lot then you've got the whole spirit cooking and the ping pong and um i, I guess this aspect that if you torture somebody you're introducing more of the adrenaline to their system and therefore it converts into adrenochrome better i mentioned uh, in in my documentary that in the it book the clown refers to this as salting the meat that when the kids get afraid it's salting their meat and that's mm -hmm. why he does it and it makes them tastier and even as we were talking with janet it really is like the fresher younger blood which might let you know have more medical benefits so if you kind of like unpack all of that adrenochrome sort of sits in the middle of all these things and then when you realize that it really, like Janet was saying, they just, they kind of started doing research in the mid-30s to the early 40s, but it was based on this Scottish Rite-funded dementia precox research. And as soon as World War II started up, the funding for that just kind of shifted over to the CIA because it fits so nicely into their MK Ultra budget and you know their sort of purview there. So here we have adrenochrome, a real substance that we can't even put this video on YouTube because just saying the word out loud will just immediately have it flagged. But we've got a real substance that you're not allowed to say the name of out loud on major platforms that has absolute documentation dating back now about a century. Like we're getting on a century worth of documentation on it. And we've got all sorts of reports um, that it has practical usages even today. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a weird sort of situation where 
this thing that's a real thing also represents all this QAnon encoded lore and whatnot. So, I mean, I guess if there's a, a topic of discussion in here, I'm just curious at what point does adrenochrome lose its, you know, its controversial status to where we're just talking about adrenaline like that. Like why is adrenaline the source of adrenochrome, not a controversial thing, but adrenochrome is controversial when it's just a byproduct of adrenaline. Like there's, Nothing you can't get from one that you can't get from the other. A byproduct of adrenaline and the oxidative process, which makes adrenochrome, and it happens in your body. So why is that being banned as a, a taboo topic that you're not allowed to talk about, especially when they put it in medications to treat mass amounts of population? So what, it, any of you guys have ideas on like why this word... Is it just because QAnon has tarnished it and they've, you know, is it, is it like 4chan took over the OK symbol and now it's racist? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really what it boils down to is just the association to something that people deem as uh, evil or conspiracy or whatever label that they want to put onto the Q, the Q movement. Mm -hmm. um, I personally have always kind of seen the Q movement as bullshit. It's a, it's it's kind of a psyop that keeps moving the goalposts so that it, the goalposts keep dragging along the followers. You know, it's like an entire football team following that TikTok. one guy that's running TikTok. towards, towards <laughs> the touchdown. Um, you know, I think, I think that's exactly what it is. It's just adrenochrome became synonymous with Q and Q is so just uh, blacklisted and and seen as such this negative thing that anything adrenochrome related obviously i mean even if you're talking about it in a medical perspective like like jana is it's seen as oh that's not real you know how many people would still listen to this and say oh there is there is a lot of things to back this up as being real but they're gonna still turn around and be like well these conspiracy theorists are touting it so it can't be real it's See, and that's the, that's the thing that's so interesting to me about all of this, because not only was it, you know, part of the Q thing, but because adrenochrome has that purplish color, you know, anytime a celebrity or a star or whatever posts something with a purple background or purple flowers or whatever, it's like, you know, automatically people are assuming that you're, that you're, associating their background or their flowers or whatever with adrenochrome and, and drinking baby's blood, you know, and for me, that's not the case. Cause my, my whole thing is <laughs> like you have another. Um, but for me, my whole thing is the journals um, that these things are listed in. It's the American Heart Association, scientific uh, journals and publications. What's that? The Lancet uh, had stuff on it, the NIH, the national government, you know, of Canada, Germany, France. Everybody has research on adrenochrome and its properties, and they are still continuing studies to this day on the psychomimetic effects, uh, schizophrenia, and, you know, bipolar disorder, all of that kind of stuff. The research is still ongoing about the effects of adrenochrome on the body. But yet we give it for, 
antihistamines, you know, allergy medication, antipsychotic uh, drug overdose protocols, all of that stuff has adrenaline or adrenaline derivatives in it. I got a, an, another open question that maybe I'll, I'll throw at New York Patriot, but then let everyone pass it around a little bit. But is there, the, the broad question here is, is there such thing as evil? But the more focused one would be like, if you could actually obtain adrenochrome in the way that the conspiracy theories tout, right? Is that, does, are they harnessing evil? And is that evil like get passed on? Is there power to that? And then if you don't, if you don't think so, I'm just curious, do you think that there's evil in a, in a literal sense? Or is it just like a, a human fabrication of morality and culture and whatever? I think it, it purely probably exists in an evil way just because of misinformed magicians. You know, I just like, I think there's a lot of sex magic that goes on. In my opinion, this is just, you know, my opinion. I'm, from my magical experiences, I did not need to have sex. I do see it, though, in an occult aspect how you can see if you want to start playing with energies. It's sexual especially even if you want to start taking it into like the eyeball stuff you can see how that gets very sexual and stuff um i i think people then you know out there having sex rituals yes they are probably actually doing something magical but it's probably not what they think they're doing and they're actually just becoming more slaves to their lower selves you know so like i guarantee you there's people who misunderstand like, like I'm saying, my experience, I did not need to use anybody else's blood. I could see how other people would misrepresent you know, or, or have the idea of what people think is done and do it because they think that's what it's supposed to be. You know what I'm getting at? Like, so it's like if, if you were to, you know, torture the adrenochrome out of someone, you know, Monsters, Inc. style, right, with the little uh, scream, you know, canister then just the process of you doing that because you did evil acts, you've kind of got this negative energy, karma, yada, yada. Oh, yeah. Well, or it's just even... The, but, but I really do want to know, like, is it would it be evil? Like, could it, like, you know, is adrenochrome well, an evil substance or could it be? Oh, itself, I don't... Uh... The substance itself, if it were... I really and, and I see Mike uh, nodding his head. So, <laughs> so, Mike, do you believe in evil at all? Or do you think that's already just a human construct? Uh... I think and you don't you don't got to get super philosophical. I know it's <laughs> it's not like a softball. Uh, I think it's all perspective. What okay. what what's Very evil cool. to somebody is maybe not evil to another person. But as uh, an inanimate object or inanimate thing, no, it's not evil. I don't I don't think that things can be evil. And I Janet, it looked like you were it looked like you were nodding in agreement a little bit on that. Okay. So a couple of things, um, organ harvesting uh, is evil, plain and simple. And now does that happen on a frequent basis? Yes, especially just, in, in third world countries. Um, but if you're going to do that, you have to know medically how to you know, uh, preserve that adrenal gland if you're wanting to use that for a particular purpose or whatever. But can evil intent be behind 
the use of adrenochrome, yes, especially with the all the studies that are out there about the effects that it can have on your body negatively. That makes a very good uh, weapon of choice, uh, bioweapon, if you want to say, as far as uh, mass mind control, uh, mass cardiac incidents, things like that. And um, let's see, this is the, I got to, I got to bring this up because this is new technology that we have right now. This is in the Journal of Molecular Liquids. Uh, they did a, a an article about the use of adrenochrome for nanoparticles to encapsulate lipids. What's the new mRNA technology to encapsulate nanolipids? Hmm. So are we saying that adrenochrome might also be the glue between every other conspiracy and COVID conspiracy theories? It is actually listed <laughs> in, the in the molecular journal about being part of this new uh, technology base. So there you go. That's my two cents. Realistically, I, I think there's, I think there's two, uh, two things <laughs> that I guess if you want to use the term glue are the glue of conspiracy theories. It's, it's adrenochrome but that's more of like recent conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. But if you want to look at the overall arc of the glue of conspiracy theories, it's Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a great time again to mention our sponsor for this show are also Nazis. This is uh, the Pfizer Corporation. Uh, you can NASA. Again, yeah, NASA <laughs> links links below to all of those if you want to support Fanta. If you if you any guys like the Fanta drink. Uh, that was also founded <laughs> by the Nazis. So I think it's fantastic. <laughs> so we're, we're coming up on an hour. I figure we would give this uh, at least an hour and a half, or at, at most an hour and a half. I want to, um, I want to, I guess, try and figure out what our perspective is on where does adrenochrome go from here. Is it always going to be a no-no word that makes you look like a QAnon? idiot if you bring it up in any contacts for the rest of our lifetimes is there like what would it take for people to take it seriously just the word itself or for it to be recognized in media or are we are we so far beyond that because QAnon has you know soiled it and you know finger painted all over it with their shit I think you kind of uh, I think it, I could see it even talking about it almost dying out because of what you were saying Either you don't want to deal with the strikes, you don't want to deal with the censorship, or it's just labeled as uh, people, you know, crazy people think that. You know, maybe, and I'm not patting us on the back, but like maybe if there was other people entertaining it like this and that so crazy, then maybe I could see uh, maybe the idea of it changing because maybe I do think there's like a confusion with the word and what exactly is important in the blood. Mm -hmm. I think there's like a whole just entanglement of bullshit that's being misunderstood. You know. Agreed. So, but unfortunately, I I could see this topic actually dying off because of the taboos to it from all different angles. As I understand, you give it a year. <laughs> oh no, I'll give you the year. Oh, okay, twenty sixty. Really? Oh, you that's when you think it'll, it'll die off. You know why twenty sixty? Because what? JFK Jr. will be a hundred years old if he was still alive 
And uh, there's no way that he's going to come out on a white horse and become president. So Q dies with it. <laughs> so, so is it is Adrenic? That's such a weird concept to me. So, <laughs> QAnon has single-handedly and simultaneously sort of, you know, ruined the reputation of Adrenochrome. I, you know, tongue in cheek a little bit, but it also means that once QAnon is dead, that it brings Adrenochrome with it back into obscurity, what never to be seen again. You know what? I also think it's even with, and again, I'm not denying that this stuff doesn't happen. I'm not a sympathizer. I'm not sick. But I even think a lot of the pedophilia stuff that QAnon uh, kind of, you know, covered hard is a little misunderstood. The symbolism, you know, goes, I mean, those symbols are like all over the world from thousands of years ago. All right. So, I mean, when they didn't have the internet. I don't think they were flying pigeons around. This means we, we screw around with little boys. I don't think they were doing that. I right. mean, maybe not yet back then. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I do think that those are a collected conscious symbol from an experience people have. It. And if people understood that, it'd be very, very deep. So, unfortunately, something like I think blood is actually very important when it comes to magic. That and the, 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 the swirl and the triangle, very deep, very deep to me, symbolism has been fucked off with silliness on it. And I do think, unfortunately, that actually like has corrupted people's idea of magic and occultism. You think any of that's by design, or do you think it just? I, you know, I've often wondered, and it's like, you know, could they have like tried to point people in the right direction, and just so many morons babbled the same thing? But then it's like a lot of accounts that like I remember back like two from two, 2017 to maybe like right around the election, you know, when Trump wasn't getting in. All these major accounts also seem to die off and just disappear. Mm -hmm. So it's like you even have to wonder, like, you know, were you even real? <laughs> uh, did you just call them Russian bots? Did you just call Trump supporters Russian bots? It could have been Elon bots for all I know. Why does it have to be Russian? It could have been three-letter bots. Hmm? Mm, that's more likely. <laughs> My friend Bob that works there. <laughs> well, Is that Bob Dobbs? You know Bob that likes to listen to all of my shows. <laughs> um, you know, and why you bring up a, a great point about the, uh, the triangles with the swirls. Now we actually have a person on this round table that can probably answer that question better than anyone. And that is paranoid American because he for a stint worked for Disney. Am, am I correct on that, sir? Uh, I mean, for a 10 year stint. Yeah. Although I don't okay. know where this is. Tell me where this is going. So in so so you worked as an illustrator, correct? Uh, I worked animator? as an I worked as an animator. Yeah, I I, okay. I do stick so figures, with, but I can I can rock within, the hell out of in between keyframes. So within the the artwork that is put into Disney movies where we most popularly see the pedophilia symbolism, is that just used as filler? I got a mixed opinion on this one, man. So, so first of all, when you're talking about classic Disney animation, anything that was hand drawn in those, someone drew it thousands of times. So there's no way that something accidentally makes its way in. Um, now, whether or not those specific types of symbols are planted in, maybe the Little Mermaid um, for sure. The cover and like the little scene, that one's kind of on the table. There's the sex scene from Lion King when they jump into the feathers slash dust and it maybe spells out sex or sfx because it's stood for special effects and that was this new group and everything the only overt one is the rescuers where 
Disney claims a distributor got their hand on it and then inserted a single frame of a naked woman um, as it was going down. There's another rumor of Aladdin where he says, teenagers, take off your clothes, although that one's been somewhat disproven a little bit. Here's what I do think Disney does. And I think it's far more nefarious than putting a little spiral in as like a nod to, you know, uh, Ghislaine when she's playing the, the movie for, you know, the kids on the sub on the way to the island. But I think oh, what Disney does that's, that's truly nefarious, bro. And theirs don't crumple. They can fit like 20 people in theirs. <laughs> they got nice I, I got this. I got this theory that I'm, I'm still developing. Like, subs. <laughs> they, they use Russian subs. Yeah. That's where. <laughs> I've got this theory that I'm I'm still developing over time. Titanic. And it's called the Disney proxy. And what Disney does is they replace your parents within the first five to ten minutes of a movie, whether you got kidnapped, whether your parents die, like all these scenarios. And if you believe in NLP and like reframing and anchoring and all of these techniques, imagine you take a malleable young kid that doesn't understand the, the rules of the world or reality. You put him in front of this TV and you walk away and that TV's like, we just killed your parents. We just kidnapped you. But now here's this little IP. Here's this character you're going to see in your Happy Meals and you're going to see them on T-shirts and lunchboxes. This is your new parent. This person's gonna, you know, look after you, and by that, they're sort of Disney becomes the proxy to the authority figure at a certain point when Disney corporate now has more authority and more say in the morality and the sculpting of all these young minds than their parents ever will, uh, because not just because it's a popular, you know, cartoon everyone watches it because of this Disney proxy property because they say I just killed your parents. Here's your new parent. And it's going to be your parent for two and a half hours and then the rest of your life because you're going to be just immersed in all of this. So I feel like that's far more nefarious and far more like a practical thing. You can say, look, they're really doing this, whether it's intentional or not. It's a real thing that they're doing and it establishes this legacy. So I feel that that aspect of what like, you know, the Disney mind control stuff when it comes to, you know, the swirls and the Project Monarch. Um, I think a lot of that was retrofitted because like Alice in Wonderland and Snow White, like these were way before MK Ultra and arguably before we really even knew what mescaline and LSD and stuff were. I mean, maybe in the late 1880s, a, like a small little groups of people had an inkling about what psychedelics were, but it really wasn't until MK Ultra. And by then, all of those Disney movies had already been out and had been classics. But then because of the Disney proxy, the CIA's like, oh, crap, Disney left the back door in. Like, they programmed this back door, so we're going to just come up with Snow White programming and Cinderella programming and, you know, Alice in Wonderland programming and just call it these things because people already know what they are. So I feel like it, it all folds together. I don't see the spirals and the, the triangles and no one ever put, like, the, the sticky note that was like, you know, Ghislaine wants this frame to have this symbol on it, <laughs> you know, but I do feel that Disney at a, at like its core, almost like this machine that's barreling forward with no one at the helm, just its own inertia is its soul. And it's like, I want people to look at me as their parent, and it's just going to keep going that direction. That's why they're always killing characters, man. They, they, they're killing your parents. Yeah. Or some family member. But they replace them with much cooler ones that have, like, you know, catchphrases and stuff. So yeah, it's all good. They're cute. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I got another question for, for everybody. If we were to find Adrenochrome, would anyone here, 
I'm I'm gonna say snort a line of it, but like obviously that's not how you would probably do it. That would probably just like clog up your nose and cause all sorts of issues. But like, who here, if given the opportunity to would safely do adrenochrome, yeah, I would not. Any, you would mm -hmm. not do adrenochrome. No. Nope. Is there? A, is there? A, is it? Like, even if it, if it was safely um, given to you and that you knew that there weren't going to be outside of the psychomimetic effects. Like you weren't gonna have any blood clots or anything weird from it. You still wouldn't. You wouldn't do it. Would you do any psychedelic? No. Okay. Mm -hmm. So does it? Would is the reason you wouldn't do adrenochrome the same reason you wouldn't do any psychedelic, or is there something specific about adrenochrome? I just wouldn't do adrenochrome because of the the properties on, you know, the effects on the heart tissue and vasoconstriction and and all of that stuff. That that's like opening up a whole host of. Of problems that I don't need. Yeah. I like, an, I like me the way I am. <laughs> now I'll say I would do it. I would actually now now I believe that it's technically illegal. I think it actually got banned in the 70s along with a bunch of other substances, which is interesting because it's in everybody's blood right now. So mm -hmm. congratulations. This was actually a sting operation. You guys are all under arrest right now <laughs> for having uh you know felonious amounts of adrenochrome on you right now. And DMT. Yeah, and well, so so that one's interesting because I haven't found any definitive proof that DMT is truly synthesized within the body. Some say pineal gland, some say at birth, some say at death. Some people say it all the time, but I haven't found a single reliable study that actually is like, and here's where we can prove it, you know, and reproduce it. Adrenochrome is completely different. Adrenochrome starting back in the 30s slash 40s when they they kind of uh, you know were able to detect it. They were consistently finding higher levels of adrenochrome in the blood of schizophrenia patients and anyone that was kind of Alzheimer's, pre you know, um, mm -hmm. dementia precox area. So definitively, you can say that people with schizophrenia have higher levels of adrenochrome in their body. Now, it, it might not be the adrenochrome that's causing it. That might be a side effect. But it's it's provable. And I feel that adrenochrome is incredibly unique in this case because... Other than DMT, which in my mind, the jury's still out. I know some people are way more sold on it being manufactured in, in your own body. But as far as I'm aware, adrenochrome is the only known psychedelic that the body can reproduce consistently all ages. You don't need like a special moment of conception um, period to sort of detect it. And that's what makes it incredibly unique because every other psychedelic known to man comes from a plant, not from an animal and especially not from blood via you know, the adrenal glands, adrenaline, adrenochrome. So is anyone else going to snort a line with me or is this, I'm on my own with this one. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I would, I mean, I really don't think I, I would, but I mean, if, if you're going to do it though, I, I would come along and probably watch. And I appreciate that. I'll be there to monitor you, and monitor I mean, your heart rate and stuff. Do you think that would pass on like a Kickstarter or like a GoFundMe? Put it this way. If you have a good experience, then maybe I'll think about doing it with you again. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't it's know. Like penny pig you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what they're handing me. That's why know. I never got into cocaine. <laughs> and even like another thing, like you said, even with, you know, DMT, I have heard the same thing that you have said. And like, I mean, honestly, I really don't care because I'm not taking it. But like, you know, I have heard that like, it's not really natural and it's kind of been an idea that's been pushed so people will take it and it's just really just another drug mm -hmm. you know i you know 
I have heard that that's possible. And it's like, well, how do I know like this shit isn't synthesized? Like, like I don't know what the hell this shit is. I don't know what adrenochrome is. So I, I have to check you out and see what happens. <laughs> I get the black cornea as I just show the black eyes now. Experiences that sounded magical to me. I might be like, all right, maybe I could take like a little drop and see. But you'll know because we're going to do a show and I'll have two black eyes. I'm going to be wearing red <laughs> shoes. I'll have a purple backdrop. What else? What are like, what are all the things that you would need to show? I'd have the, the fish on my left hand, right? Yep. And I'd have like a yep. cut on the finger. Right? Band-aids, yeah. I'd have like a cup of milk from the clockwork orange part. The, and <laughs> honestly, dude, like... <laughs> Wait, yeah, a little Drenchrome with my Malaco milk. And this is kind of my favorite part of Adrenochrome is how it's it's almost like pick your your deepest, well, for me, uh, my favorite like Manly P Palmer Hall like symbol that he breaks down where he's got like a statue. Like one of my favorites is Mithras and they show the bull and they show the scorpion. And they've got the canine and it's like these are actually Zodiacs. And if you know that, then, you know, the the Scorpio Zodiac is underneath the Taurus Zodiac, like like. If you know what to look for, if you've got the eyes to see, you can see it. And it's almost like this uh, memory palace where you just see this guy that's like stabbing a bull in the neck and like, oh, that's cool. Walk on to the next museum exhibit. But you know what you're looking at? You're like, I'm going to sit here and, and read almost like a book's worth of information by analyzing all these details. And to me, Adrenochrome is that sort of like mithraic occult symbol where you walk by and you're like, haha, funny QAnon nonsense. Or you walk by and you're like, oh, wow, this is this thing that connects MKUltra Freemasonry. This is something that fascinated Aldous Huxley, who then inspired, um, you know, basically Anthony Burgess uh, through his works, who then brought it into Clockwork Orange, who then influenced, um, you know, Neuromancer and William Gibson, who then wrote it into Burning Chrome. And like, you can see this incredible uh, sort of like lineage of people passing the baton. And as they pass it, it just becomes more and more enveloped. Again, if we talk about like a Disney story, right? Like the original version of Snow White or Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty is a good one. I think it dates back to maybe the 8th to the 13th century. And then every hundred years, like a new generation told a new story that kind of encapsulated it. And it's it's almost like taking the old Babylonian and Canaanite gods and wrapping them up in the Phoenician gods and wrapping them up into the Roman and then the Greek. And, and by the time you get to it, you've got this monotheistic god with the face of you know zeus and if you know all the background then you can do that same kind of unpacking and i feel like adrenochrome is that thing at least for me man it, like it represents all of these things and it's that i don't know it's the glue that binds dude i really do feel it and nazis and nazis yeah <laughs> but to be fair i think i think we found it for I mean, Nazis were Americans. Everyone likes to, to say Nazis, but really it started in America and then it went over to Germany and Germany just turned it into a, a very efficient assembly line and instituted it at a state level. Whereas America, they were kind of keeping it and the private, it was almost opt-in voluntary. Like it, it was almost like, hey, we'll give you money to sterilize yourself. You know, we're going to do the capitalist way. And mm -hmm. it wasn't just like immediately to the mandates, right? And then it was also kind of kept in the higher echelon Instead of just say, AK, you know, everyone on Monday, we're rolling out this new corporate policy. You know what I mean? That's kind of how Germany took the approach. And I feel that the American eugenicists, they just kind of sat back and they're like, okay, don't do it that way. You know what I mean? But <laughs> those exact same, you know, organizations that started adrenochrome, adrenaline, psychedelic, MKUltra, but basically eugenics research, they, they dovetail directly. 
Um, but like those companies and those organizations still exist today. Like the, the Macy Foundation still exists today. They still fund the exact same types of things they were funding during when it was called eugenics. But now they just, you know, it gets into this like population control. If you look at the Huxley Foundation, they almost exclusively talk about eugenics, but they don't, you know, they don't call it that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, f I feel like the, the Nazis were horrible, but that's just giving that's just giving America a little bit of an excuse. That's like this therapeutic thing, almost like this. We were talking um, the other night when we watched The Sound of Freedom, which is this new movie about, you know, uh, what's what's his name that like saves all the kids from the adrenochrome harvesting. What was it? Tim Ballard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel that that's also this like Hollywood version of like, hey, you guys are all getting pent up. And I know that you're like frustrated and you're hearing all these stories about adrenochrome and kidnapping. Watch this movie. You can sort of like therapeutically get it all out of your system. You know what I mean? You can like vicariously live through this guy. You're going to go and free 50 kids tonight. And when you get out of this movie, you just saved the world. And you don't have to worry about Epstein and Ghislaine anywhere. If it mm -hmm. ever bugs you again, just pop this movie in again. You'll feel great about it. You'll walk away. You kind of forget. And, you know, leave, leave Adrenochrome to the QAnon crazies. You know, there's so many movies about this type of thing though i mean not just i mean hello pixar studios you know and they're famous monsters Inc. but do you guys like scary movies anybody oh, like yeah. horror movies mm -hmm. yeah what do you got you guys ever watched vile no vile vile is, is this v-i-l-e or v-i-a-l v-i-l-e and what it is like they they trap these people in this house and they make them basically torture each other. And they have this little thing attached to the back of their neck. And, and when they torture them and then there are a lot of pain and whatever, like using a cheese grater on somebody's skin, it makes you secrete this liquid from your brain that they collect in a vial. And so they want everybody in that house to be tortured enough to, to collect these, which oddly enough is purple. <laughs> it couldn't be anything other than adrenochrome right well, because but but you know what's interesting about that and you want to know why they use it in a lot of antidepressants antipsychotics schizophrenic meds things like that because it crosses the blood brain barrier to be able to get to those neuroreceptors in the brain. And so that's why I, when I watched that movie, I love that movie, by the way, I like scary movies, but I'm watching that going, Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense now. You know, you, you know, it's interesting. This does remind me of, um, well, one, it kind of goes back to almost like with it, believe it or not, when he said before about, Assaulting the meat. Assaulting the meat because you mm -hmm. even those those types of drugs you were talking about, those mm -hmm. all probably have some sort of salt in them as well. A mm -hmm. lot of you know psychotropic drugs and all they're all variations of salt. Mm -hmm. right. And like there is even like stuff that I even explained um with you know why I think kind of blood is important as well. Um not to get too deep, but I did explain in the, the eyeball series that I put out, like even in the OTO Minerval degree, there were things going on that I do think it's actually representing going from the beginning of your eye, the cornea, actually back in. Well, no, you're going from the inside of your out eye out to your cornea. 
and there is a part of your eyeball that has blood, and then there's a part of your eyeball that just has water and oxygen. Your cornea mm -hmm. takes in oxygen, kind of like turning water into wine, maybe, or something like that. But, uh, you know, so I do think like even going into when you're heading towards your optic nerve, heading to on, that's a name of a god too. Um, when you're heading towards your optic nerve, you will actually go from water into blood inside your eye. And there's a change. And I do think like that even has something to do with, again, with the blood being important. If there really is something to do with your eyes and there is an actual change inside your body, I could see, you know, again, why the blood is important there. Mm -hmm. Well, plus it's got like so many... Totally forgot real quick what I was getting at it in that ritual, in that degree, that initiation, they actually put like olive oil on a piece of bread and dip it in salt. And I do think that they're showing you that like you're heading from the cornea now into the fucking watered part of your, you know, whatever, you know, I, I, the super secret snack ritual, I assume. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not putting it on YouTube, so I mean, I don't know if you're worried about the censorship, but I mean, that's. I'm gonna go perform that ritual when we're done. <laughs> this mine involves Ritz and peanut butter, but it's basically the same thing. Yeah. This wasn't the cake of life that they were dipping in olive oil and salt, no, was it? No. Oh, I was gonna say because that's a whole nother level of. <laughs> This is Olive Garden. I just threw up in my mouth. Sorry. <laughs> are, you, are you good with actually understanding what inside the eyeball looks like? Yeah. You know, like how like the hyoid canal goes up, and then like you get all like the vitreous uh, human like nerves hanging down. It almost kind of looks like a fucking tree, actually. And mm -hmm. after you eat that salt and do all that shit, you cross this veil and go into the other part of the room. So now you've gone, in my opinion, the aqueous humor into the vitreous humor. Because now what they have in there is like all these like grapes, raisins, all these things that would be on a tree that would grow and hang off the tree. You have to sit there and now eat while you're waiting for the next people to come in. And now there's like sound and there's music. It's just like to me, I was just like, oh, God, or if it were me, it would be all peeled grapes. Well, I was going to say, or it could be raisins. Um, yeah, they had raisins from, they had from, the, from the melanin creation from the adrenochrome that leaves the deposits. They're grapes on the tree. <laughs> the, the crazy thing is, is that like there's an open tent that you are walking towards that if you were to look at an open tent and look at your optic nerve, it's the same fucking thing. Mm -hmm. And you didn't go that way. You went the other fucking way towards the your eyeball. And I think it actually shows you in there. And that's, again, like there is a thing with blood. There is blood only in part of your eye, not all of it. Mm -hmm. I'd honestly like to just have a talk about the occult symbolism of the eye anatomy at some point. That could be a, an awesome episode in itself, man. I have three episodes. The third episode dropped today, so you can go check it out whenever you want. <laughs> Eight hours and three shows. Hold on, hold on. We'll, pl we'll plug in a second here. We'll plug in a few minutes. I wanted to... Uh... I want to give everyone a chance to, to give any like final thoughts on this too. And, and since Janet mentioned vile, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because I've been keeping an index of all of the pop culture references to adrenochrome, either vaguely where it's like a little fear juice type of contraption mm -hmm. or if it's by name. And I'm, I mean, I've got a long list, so I'm just going to go with the 2020s real quick and just mention some of these. If you've heard of one and I didn't mention it, please let me know if you're watching this. Add it in the comments. I'd like to know what it is. So, again, starting with 2020, 
We've got in 2020, there was a Bulgarian news report where they actually refer to adrenochrome as like the satanic narcotic. It's it's a little bit wild. It clearly was based on like American pop culture reports, but it's in their real news media. 2021, there was a YouTube video with Steve Will Do It. I think that, that was his name. And Takashi 69 where they're getting blood transfusions like Janet was talking about because it's like what the rich people do. They saw it on like an episode of Silicon Valley. But as they're getting these blood transfusions, Steve will do it's like, yeah, it's got that adrenochrome. And they're obviously joking. But I mean, this was a, a large audience that was seeing this immediately after that. The same year, uh, Jim Cavazil, because he was working on this Sound of Freedom, he talked about the adrenochroming of children. He turned it into a verb, which is a little bit weird. And then Bill Maher called him out. So Bill Maher said the word adrenochrome on late, you know, real time with Bill Maher, exposing that word to his entire audience and linking into QAnon. And then the very next year, we got Pentaveret, which came out in 2022. They talk about adrenochrome by name. That's what they're you know, going to go and steal from this place. We got the show The Watcher, which is about the this couple that moves into a house and they start getting harassed and they find out or this guy finds out I'm not going to do a spoiler, but there's like an underground tunnel that goes to the satanic coven that are sneaking into the house to steal the children and take their adrenochrome. They use it again by name in that show. And then in The Boys, I don't know if you guys seen the popular show The Boys, if there's there's one of the very ending, um, the final season, they're trying to make Starlight look like a bad guy. And they're like, oh, you know, maybe Starlight was in on this. And the ticker on the bottom, it says... Does Starlight drink Adrenochrome? Um, so I mean, it, it what they didn't say it out loud, but it's clearly being like worked in. And I think these are all just like funny nods. Like there's some conspiracy theorist fans, maybe even listening right now, right, that are working on the production of these things and sneaking this stuff in. But it's it's clearly in the popular mind, and I don't think it's going anywhere. And I think I'm more with Mike that 2060 it might, you know, QAnon dies and it brings Adrenochrome with it, which is a little bit sad because. It's a fascinating topic that's worthy of more research that it's probably not going to get. So I'll, that was my piece. I want to open up to you guys and then uh, th inject your uh, your plugs. Uh, and you go uh, first, Mike. We'll go in, in clockwise. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's I, I think if if it was a real thing or, or it could be just a, a counter counter uh, play of Hollywood, but I think if it was a real Hollywood thing and they wouldn't be putting it into movies and all these different things, uh, blatantly, um, unless you believe in the whole, like the, their symbolism will be their downfall type of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's become more of a, more of a, a pop culture, like you said, like a nod, um, where, they're just going to use it in storylines and until it just maybe, maybe it's maybe that's part of it is just oversaturation of it where people think that it's a joke and then they forget that it even exists or they just associate it with being a joke and it is a real thing. And now people don't, you know, it, who knows what it could be, honestly, um, when it boils down to it, I'm kind of still where I'm at. You know, I don't, I don't think that it's a, uh, that it's as rampant a thing. I think uh, the the propagation of pop culture and movies and TV shows and uh, things of the sort have kind of pushed it forward throughout the decades and throughout history um, of us hearing about it. 
So that's where I'm at with it. But hey, you're up, uh, Patriot. Yeah. Uh, damn, Mike, you said a lot because I mean, it's a lot kind of what I would have said too. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like, I'll really, I guess, just kind of sticking with my opinion of it before. It's just that I don't even understand it fully. Like, I, I really don't get, like, I do believe something obviously is important of blood especially when it comes to magic, but I can't figure out what or why, you know? So uh, I don't know. I just think whatever is like mainstream idea of it is probably false. You know, and I definitely think QAnon like just screwed it up. So I don't know, you know, is it something that might just pop its head back up every 40 years? You know, who knows? But I, I just, I just think it's like pop culture definitely ruined it. I think. Thank you. Pop culture. <laughs> and then uh yeah close us out janet thank you pop culture thank you QAnon. um i think it's all bullshit garbage uh, to be honest because it is a normally occurring thing in your body for you to make epinephrine for your flight or fight so uh adrenaline junkies go jump out an airplane uh, you know, skydive, jump off a cliff, whatever you want to do. Uh, it's not necessary to uh, take adrenochrome from people because uh, number one, you're transplanting something into another person that doesn't belong to you. And so you have effects from that. Uh, but second of all, it's not necessary because you may manufacture it on your own. So I think it's just pop culture reference. And, and just for the record, there are no takers, except for New York Patriot, who's going to wait to see me do a line first, <laughs> and then he might do a line. Although I, I feel like you're the guy that says that, and then like I end up just doing two lines by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've no, seen you at parties right. before. You're bro. all right. If you're all right, I'll <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Right. And again, uh, thank you, Pfizer, for sponsoring this. It was it was very right of you guys to finally come around and and finally sponsor a roundtable on Adrenochrome. Finally. And, uh, <laughs> and I'd appreciate it if you guys could help sponsor and just send us some. But yeah, if you know where to find some legally or if you're a part of if you're in school, right, and you've and you're going for like your Ph.D. and you happen to have access to it. There you guinea go. pig get like you've got a willing participant here. Uh, as long as you can prove that it, it came, it had to come from like, you know, the blood of royalty or something. Well, I'll have you doing... mail it to a, a hotel in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, I was going to say, um, you should thank Merck uh, in, in this episode as well as Pfizer, because uh, according to the national database of where you can uh, expect to find large quantities of adrenochrome or its derivatives uh it's published that mark mark has a large quantity of of that on hand and they actually have a file number too but you can't get in it unless uh you're affiliated with a hospital we so will have know. our our people get in contact with Merck's people <laughs> there you go we'll get a better sponsorship next time <laughs> pfizer, you, pfizer was not coming through so you guys will take the jabs, but we'll get the adrenochrome vials next time. All right. I, th I thank every one of you for showing up and talking about what felt like a silly. We honestly, I think, covered way more ground than I was expecting, and it was more rational. So 
if anything, the next round table, maybe we should get some some kooks on board. Uh, we can like recruit some, some QAnon like tribal shaman leaders or something. I, I know some. Well, please, no. I honestly, I I wanna I wanna get as extreme as it gets. You know. Oh, be careful what you say. I want I want someone that when I say would you do a line, they'll just be like, you know, I've no, I because I already did five today. Like I want that guy on on the call next time. Like I'm at my limit, and and it's not because he's worried about hurting himself. He just doesn't want to like raise his tolerance beyond where it's like sustainable, you know. And then you gotta get a reasonably nice skin. All right, I'm glad we can all laugh about adrenochrome and child trafficking and torture. Right, so, <laughs> thanks, yeah. Pfizer. <laughs>